Welcome to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Join us every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio for a look at the life, deeds, and words of Yeshua Messiah and his followers. From the Torah-centric Hebraic perspective, they were originally lived and written in. Today's program is on the second half of Matthew 12. Was Messiah always completely kind and loving to everyone, or did he treat some people like they were evil? If so, why? How should you deal with evil people? What are some things they do that you should watch out for, or that might identify them to you? Are there some people who are just plain evil and will never have any actual interest in being good? Or should you try and save everybody, no matter what they do? From a kingdom perspective, who should and shouldn't you trust? Stay tuned through the end of this program for Eliyahu ben David's insight on these questions and more in Matthew chapter 12. And now, here's today's scripture portion. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through verse 50. Then, one possessed by a demon, blind and mute, was brought to Yeshua, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. All the multitudes were amazed, and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This man does not cast out demons except by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Knowing their thoughts, Yeshua said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I, by Beelzebul, cast out demons, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I, by the Spirit of Elohim, cast out demons, then the kingdom of Elohim has come upon you. Or how can one enter into the house of the strong man and plunder his goods, unless he first bind the strong man? Then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who doesn't gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, neither in this age nor in that which is to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. You offspring of vipers! How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
The good man out of his good treasure brings out good things, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings out evil things. I tell you that every idle word that men speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, Rabbi, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will a son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it. For they repented at the proclaiming of Jonah. And behold, someone greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, someone greater than Solomon is here. But the unclean spirit, when he has gone out of the man, passes through waterless places seeking rest and doesn't find it. Then he says, I will return into my house from which I came out. And when he has come back, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with himself seven other spirits more evil than he is, and they enter in and dwell there. The last state of that man becomes worse than the first. Even so will it be also to this evil generation. While he was yet speaking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside seeking to speak to him. One said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers stand outside seeking to speak to you. But he answered him who spoke to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? He stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. And now, here's Eliyahu ben David's insight on those verses. Stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient. Hello, friends. We're looking at something that I think can be greatly beneficial to all of us. We're moving into the second half of Matthew chapter 12, where Messiah has to confront real evil. Now, we're in a world where there's a growing evil in the world. And perhaps, you know, if you watch the news, you see many of these evil things that are going on, and you wonder, how can people do things so evil? And then you find yourself encountering evil people, lying and malicious people trying to hurt you to benefit themselves. And 
this is getting more and more pervasive. Well, Messiah faced people like that. And we can learn a lot about dealing with evil people, the vipers, in our lesson tonight. Well, now moving along with the theme, facing down the vipers. I was thinking about what Yeshua said about finding the strong man. And if you think about it, every single person that comes into the kingdom of Messiah is a captive in the house of the enemy. And Messiah has to enter in and bind the strong man and do a miracle. And you know some miracles are more dramatic than others, but for every single person that is set free from Satan's house and brought into Messiah's house, it truly is a miracle. And this is one of those many stories where Messiah continues to do that. To bind the strong man and to set free the captives. This is all evidence that he is alive, that the kingdom is real, and that he's doing amazing things. And he continues to do them. And you know, that's why we don't need to be afraid. You know, I made this really scary picture. I made it as scary as I could make it. You know, everybody is scared of snakes. Pretty much everybody, except for a few foolish people who usually end up getting bit. But particularly vipers and other poisonous snakes. These creatures are worthy of fear. They can kill you and you might never see it coming until after you've already been bitten. Today, there is anti-venom for various snakes, and if you get treatment in time, you might survive. Historically, that wasn't true. You got bit, you're going to die. I have a little video of a story about vipers. Short, I'm going to play it. A retired science teacher's snake hobby could have killed him inside his home. The uh, pet is secured. They were immediately treated and transported. A gaboon viper, a juvenile only about 20 inches long, struck. This is exclusive video of the rescue squad bringing the man to Florida Hospital South. Outside his home on Temple Drive. It's a viper? This is, it's a viper. Oh my God. Neighbor Judy Isaacson knew nothing about venomous snakes inside the home. It's very concerning because I have my dogs here. I was hearing about that snake story and just paid no attention. And I was like, oh, whatever, it's not near me. But I guess there are snakes everywhere. So what is the Gaboon Viper? It actually does have the longest fangs for any, any venomous snake. Former FWC trapper Fred Bowler says it is a deadly creature. The Gaboon is, is bad venom and uh, and thing in a if it was in a captive scenario it tends to be more um, of an aggressive species the owner is licensed for the snakes and fwc thinks the bite was just a mistake it, was, it wasn't as if the snake had gotten out and bitten him um, from my understanding he was bitten i think on the hand i don't know which one but uh, based on on the evidence it looks like uh, 
just a simple keeper mishap. One he'll likely recover from. FWC called in antivenin from the Central Florida Zoo, and there's more on the way from Miami. Just to be on the safe side, because we don't know how many vials he's going to need. You know, I was looking up on the internet about vipers. I found so many incidents like this where people were keeping vipers and, you know, they were knowledgeable about these creatures. And yet so many of them end up getting bit, even though they know about these creatures. As a matter of fact, you'll find people, if you look into this, who are experts with snakes, work in zoos and places like that, and they're getting bit by these vipers. In one case, the man was holding the viper in the correct way, and the viper actually bit right through its own mouth. And its fang was so long it went into the man's finger. Never saw that coming. That man never saw that coming. Well, why are we looking at this? Number one rule with vipers, realize they're deadly and be really careful. Don't give them a chance to bite you. You know, that's the number one thing you see with vipers. With that in mind, we are going to look at the spiritual equivalent of vipers and picking up a few of the points that are in this chapter from this point of view. Okay, just seeing what we can learn about dealing with vipers, that is, dealing with evil people. Now, realize, as I'm sure you do, that Satan and the demonic powers are often spoken about as serpents or snakes. So, when Messiah called evil people offspring of vipers, what is he really saying? Right? Satan is their father. That's what he's saying and that they have the same nature that he has. He's a viper, they're vipers. So that's what he's actually saying. Well, let's look at some of the things that vipers do that can help us to identify them and be careful with them. One thing you'll see about vipers, they twist the deeds of the righteous as being from an evil source. They always do this. You know, they want to portray the righteous people as being evil. Now, that's what they did with Messiah, right? He cast out the demon, and then the man, the mute blind man, could speak and could see. This fulfilled Bible prophecy and was a sign that Yeshua is the Messiah. Clearly written in the Word. How are they going to deal with that? Ah, he did it by the power of Satan. That's how they dealt with it. Taking something good, something righteous, and telling people it's evil. You know, people do this today. People who are vipers, they do this today. Exactly the same thing. They paint the righteous 
as being evil. Why? Why do they do that? Well, they're protecting their own position. They didn't want the people to leave them and follow Messiah. So they had to paint him as being evil. That's what they did. Evil people feel condemned by the very existence of the righteous. And so they're looking at everything you do. And whether you do anything wrong or not, they're going to take whatever you do and make it wrong. And just like the poison from a venomous snake, those words are going to come out to try and tear you down and try to destroy you. And this happens on your job. If you're a student, it happens in the classroom. There are people like this everywhere that behave this way. So, something they do is many, many times they will accuse the righteous person of doing exactly what they are doing. They want to beat you to the punch. Before you can say to them, well, what you're doing is evil, they want to tell you you're evil. And then you say you can't use that against them. So like with these Pharisees, oh, what you're doing is from Satan. Who was really doing stuff from Satan? They were. And everything these people say about the righteous, you can mark off a checklist because they're just telling you who they are. The more of these things they say, the more they're telling you who they are. So, you know what? Believe them. Believe them. When you see people who are like this, who are saying these malicious things against the righteous, they're telling you they're wicked. Believe them. They know who they are. Look at how Messiah dealt with them. Clear logic and simple truth. He didn't get caught up in the smokescreen thing that they were gushing out. He cut right through it with clear logic and simple truth. Satan does not cast out Satan. Very clear, right? Why would Satan work against his own interest? He's not going to do that. Very clear argument. It has to be the kingdom that casts out Satan. So, what we've got is we've got two kingdoms. Right? There's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of Messiah. Which kingdom is bigger in this world? Tricky question, isn't it? Because the kingdom of Messiah is bigger, universally speaking. But in this world, the broad road is the road that leads to destruction, right? The kingdom of Satan is bigger in this world. 
It just is. In fact, since you have to be in one kingdom or another, if you are not in the kingdom of Messiah, what kingdom are you in? You know, a lot of people, they think in terms of people being in some kind of gray area. There's no gray area. There is no gray area. If you're not in the kingdom of Messiah, you are in the kingdom of the devil. You're in his house. You're in the house of the strong man. And you need to be in the house of Yeshua Messiah. That's what needs to happen. I like this, what Messiah said here. If by the spirit of Elohim I cast out demons, then the kingdom of Elohim has come upon you. See, they were saying it was Satan. They didn't even recognize the kingdom of Messiah when they saw it. They and all the people they're lying to were caught up in this fog of deception that they were putting out there. But Messiah cut right through it. He also said the sin against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now here's how I interpret that. Don't try to save these people. Don't try to save the vipers. Did Messiah try to save the vipers? Did he? He just called them out for who they were, and he told them they weren't going to be forgiven. Isn't that what he said? He wasn't warning them, oh, be careful that you don't sin against the Holy Spirit. He was saying, you have sinned against the Holy Spirit, and you will not be forgiven. There are evil people in this world and they're not going to be forgiven. Now, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Well, Yahweh would forgive anybody. And in a sense, that's true. However, how does Yahweh save people? Isn't it by the Holy Spirit? Doesn't he draw people by the Holy Spirit? So what happens if when he's drawing people by the Holy Spirit, they instead of being drawn, rebuke the Holy Spirit, lie against the Holy Spirit, and refuse the Holy Spirit? What is there left after the Holy Spirit to save them? They're done. Okay? Because of the corruption of their own spirit. They are done. So, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because many a believer has been drawn in by the vipers who are pretending to be interested in the kingdom. Who are pretending to be reasonable and listening when actually all they're trying to do is draw you into a trap. When you recognize the evil of Satan in those people, do not give them a chance to destroy you or your brothers and sisters through you. 
There are people who will not be forgiven because their hearts are so evil, they will never respond. And Messiah recognized who those people were. And you know what? We need to come to that place where we can see that too. Because we are living in a critical time. The man of sin is going to come into this world. We're going to have a deception in this world far worse than these guys Messiah was talking about. We need to know these things. Stay tuned. Eliyahu has more to share in the book of Matthew after this short break. Enjoying this episode of Hebraic Insights in the Gospels? Want to hear more teachings from Eliyahu ben David? Tune in to our 24-7 internet radio station, Zion Road Messianic Radio. You can catch the latest episodes of Hebraic Insights in the Gospels before they're released as a podcast, learn more about what Zion Ministry teaches from our other programs, and listen to a host of uplifting songs from our independent Messianic music artists. To tune in to our station, go to zion.org. That's T-S-I-Y-O-N dot O-R-G. Or search for Zion Road Messianic Radio. Again, that's Zion spelled T-S-I-Y-O-N in your favorite internet radio app or station directory. Don't miss the latest episodes. Go to T-S-I-Y-O-N dot O-R-G and check the station's schedule to see what's playing. Welcome back. Here's more insight from Eliyahu ben David on Facing Down the Vipers. You know, people have these ideas about Jesus, right? He's like some kind of a marshmallow or something. He just puts up with everything, loves everybody no matter what. Everything is great with him until you read the gospel. When you read the gospel, you find that he recognizes evil. And he makes a distinction between evil and righteousness. And we need to do the same. I'm getting a little stoked up. Now here's a case in point. The point here is those who are not committed to Messiah must be seen as potential hostiles. Matthew 12.30 He who is not with me is against me, and he who doesn't gather with me scatters. There are two kingdoms. Those who are with Messiah are those, according to him, who have totally given themselves to him, that have died to themselves and given their life to him. They're not just people who say, oh, I'm a believer. They're people, quoting him, who do the will of the Father. Right? All the other people, he says, are against him. Do 
you understand that? Do you know if you have acquaintances in your life, relatives in your life, that haven't given their life to Messiah, that they're against Him? Do you understand that? And if you do belong to Him, if they're against Him, do you understand they are against you? Now, I'm not saying all those people are vipers. Probably most of them aren't. The vipers are the ones who are deliberately trying to tear down the kingdom. Most of these people we're talking about, they're simply not on board with Messiah. Okay? And they think they're just going along in their life trying to do the best they can. And they probably are. But still, they're in Satan's house. And because they're not with Messiah, he can use them. They're useful idiots, I'm sorry to tell you. But that's what they are. Because they don't really understand what's going on. They don't understand that there are two kingdoms. They don't realize what's at stake. And so it's very easy for the vipers to pull their strings and use them to tear down the righteous. So, especially in this time period we're coming into, I'm telling you, be careful what you say and to whom. Because you can talk to somebody that you think is perfectly harmless, telling them things you think are harmless, and you may end up having those same things come back at you in a way that you would never imagine to tear you down. That's what Messiah is really telling us here. That we have to be on our guard, right? That's how you deal with vipers. You have to realize they're out there, and you have to realize they can make helpers out of anyone who is not fully committed to Yeshua. Well, nobody wants to be a tool of Satan. And yet a lot of people are. As a matter of fact, not a few churchgoers wind up being tools of Satan. It happens to naive believers who have no intention to become tools of Satan, but sometimes that happens because they're naive, they don't recognize the vipers for who they are. So this is something we have to be careful about. You can't just trust anyone. The only people that truly are trustworthy are the ones that Messiah said, these are my mother and brother. Those who do the will of the Father. Those are the only people who are trustworthy from a kingdom perspective having to do with the things of the kingdom. Here's another thing. Vipers can be identified by what they say. The vipers will always tell you they're vipers if you're listening. Out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. What Messiah is saying is, this is their evil nature. A snake can't be a giraffe. A snake is going to be a snake, right? And a viper is going to be a viper. You know what? You can own a viper. You can feed that viper. You can take care of that viper. You can give it a place to live. And if you get your finger too close to that viper, it is going to bite you. Because it's a viper. Right? So, listen to people. These people whose hearts are full of evil are going to tell you who they are. They can't help it because it's who they are. Listen to them. And you will know. This is just an important point, okay? What you say matters. Messiah is talking about now idle words. Idle words are something much less serious than speaking against the Holy Spirit, right? Or saying something malicious or downright evil. Idle words are simply words that you don't put any thought in. Just casual things that come bubbling out of your mouth. A lot of us think that, you know, we can just say anything. And we're encouraged to do it. We hear all the time about being transparent. Are you transparent? If you are, you're a fool. Because the Scriptures tell you exactly the opposite to that. You don't just tell everybody everything. That's what being transparent is. Did Messiah do that? He didn't do that. He exercised discretion in what he said. Sometime look through the Gospels and find in there for me one word Messiah spoke that didn't mean anything. Where he's just running his mouth because he feels like talking. Are you going to find that? Be like that. Be like that. Make every word that comes out of your mouth meaningful. And not just about nothing. Because you know, words can go very quickly from being about nothing to enter into hurtful things. Like gossip. Or even slander. Or doubt. Unbelief. Idle words can lead you right into sin. Measure what you say. Very, very important. Because, you know, Messiah says we're going to be judged by the things we say. Now, it is true, if we're under the blood of Yeshua Messiah, we can be forgiven for these things. But nevertheless, it can get us into a lot of trouble in this world, and it could have an impact on our reward in the world to come, the things that we say.
And you know, we have so many examples in the Scripture that we can turn to where we see that. Where people said just the wrong thing and it was a disaster. I'm thinking Samson telling Delilah about a haircut. A lot of things. So, don't run your mouth without a godly purpose. That's really what Messiah is saying here. And then the thing about the sign. Now, this is very interesting. Vipers want a sign that suits them. Messiah did exactly what the Scriptures said would identify him as the Messiah. That should be enough, right? Why, when he was already doing what the Scripture said to identify him as the Messiah, did they want a sign? Well, it's because they wanted control. They wanted to control what the sign was going to be. And if they could control what the sign was going to be, then they could be sure he would fail. Right? They would give him a test that would be a conundrum that he couldn't pass because it would be against his conscience to do it. They knew what the people needed to hear, and they would use it against him. Be careful of the vipers for this reason. You know, you have the truth on your side, but they're very crafty. And they can do this. They can set you up to put you in a certain position just to try and make you look bad and make them look good where they define what the parameters are going to be. And this is just one of the sneaky things that they do. Well, did Yeshua walk into that? No sign will be given you. That's what he said. And the sign that he did give them, the sign of Jonah, was one they couldn't handle. So he didn't let them control the situation because he knew they were just going to use that for evil. Who do you trust? We just want to emphasize this again. Who do you trust? Why do you trust them? If you think like Messiah, then you will trust those people who are actually doing the will of the Father. And so far as the kingdom's concerned, you won't trust anybody else. Because those are the people who are trustworthy. This is Messiah's perspective that we find in Matthew 12 about facing down the vipers. There's really so much in this lesson. And we're going to see it as we progress along in Matthew of dealing with evil. And this is so useful to us in the time that we're living in. And you know, Messiah was seeing ahead of where he was at. And that can't hurt us either to 
be looking ahead to what's coming down the road. Because at every point, there are certain restraints. Why didn't those vipers just kill him then? There were certain restraints. There were the people watching all of this. It was very political in that sense, on their side of it. And Messiah, he wanted to finish his work. So he moved from place to place. He made it difficult for them to carry out their evil designs. And for us, we need to be aware of these enemies and realize that what they're looking for is exactly the same thing. Would these people kill you? In a heartbeat. And they are killing believers. There are people like this right now that are killing believers in different places all over the world. We need to be concerned for them and praying for them too. You have been listening to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Further teachings and study materials on various related topics and others can be found at our membership site, Zion Tabernacle. Sign up is free. Just go to zion.net. That's T-S-I-Y-O-N dot N-E-T. Or click the membership link on the Zion Road website. New programs on the Gospels will be airing every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio. Join us next Shabbat to learn more in the book of Matthew. Shabbat Shalom!